going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And before we get started, I want to make sure you guys know I dropped a bonus episode with Big Dave Watson. Make sure you guys check that out if it gets caught up in the in the ether with me dropping two episodes in one day. But on today's episode, the full episode of Chicago Bulls Central, we're going to be talking about uh, the Bulls have a new partnership on their jerseys. We're also going to talk about the four players named in ESPN's top 100 list. We're going to talk about Jay Crowder and should the Bulls be interested in that move. And then lastly, Lonzo Ball left off CBS Sports' top 22 point guards list. We'll talk about all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, minor update here. It doesn't really affect the basketball, but... Chicago in last season was paired with Zinni. I think the last two seasons, if not three seasons, they were paired with Zinni as the sponsorship on their jersey. Well, they're now switching to Motorola, which is a Chicago-based company. So some synergy there. I like the idea of the Chicago Bulls pairing with another Chicago-based company because that's gonna that's gonna work in more things that they can do together, uh, more avenues and 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 uh, advocacy type things that they can do as well. So considering, you know, it, it, in this, it says that in addition to the, the Motorola Batwing logo being sewn into the left chest of all editions of Bulls jerseys, the partnership will feature various marketing elements, community incentives, uh, digital assets, and in-arena signage, according to the release. So, hey, that's the, that's the benefit of being able to pair with a company that is also in this, based in the same city. It just allows for a little bit more in-depth thing. And don't be surprised if Bulls Fest... 2023 is actually sponsored by Motorola, and you have even more of a bigger event than what Bulls Fest already was this past summer, or just a couple of weeks ago. So don't be surprised if you see things like that. But let's move on. I just wanted to mention that because this is Chicago Bulls Central. We thought we talk everything Chicago Bulls, but let's talk about the Chicago Bulls players that were named in ESPN's Top 100. Now, if you have already watched the episode with me and Big Dave Watson, we talk about how this Bulls roster is kind of being overlooked, and I think some people do doubt just how good this roster can be. Well, the Chicago Bulls having four players. First up, Lonzo Ball ranked 77th on that list, which still makes him even more weird that he was left off a top 22 point guard list, but we'll talk about that. Uh, Nikola uh, Vucevic ranked number 57th. DeMar DeRozan came in at number 28th, and Zach Levine uh, ranked number 27th. Now, I'm going to present this to you guys. I'll also put it in the community tab. Who do you think was ranked too high, too low? Is it Nick? Is it uh, Lonzo, is it DeMar, is it Zach? I already know a lot of Bulls fans are going to say DeMar and Zach should be ranked higher on this list. I do think, based off the way that Zach Levine did finish that season, uh, as far as like having the knee injury, not being able to compete at the level he's usually uh, used to and that he gives, it... it it was going to uh he was he was going to come in a little bit lower. Now, I will say that I am kind of surprised that um DeMar DeRozan is as low on this list as what he is. Considering the the MVP type season that DeMar DeRozan had. I'm just really surprised that, you know, he he came in as low as what he has on this list. Like, um he had a great season. As I've been saying, the best statistical season of his career thus far. Um, it, like in many metrics and all, just about every metric uh, measurable. And so it, it it raises some questions there, especially when you have like a player like Drew Holiday ranking above both Zach and DeMar. I, I love Drew Holiday. And I we I, I get the Drew Holiday and IO uh, comps. I hope that IO can match up to those comps that some people are making with him and Drew Holiday. But I, I definitely think Zach Levine is a better player than than uh, Drew Holiday, especially when you look at Zach Levine's efficiency and how it continues to rise. Now, some people would say, well, 
uh, Drew Holiday is more of a two-way player. I can give you that. So, you know, we'll see when the rest of the list, the whole list has not been released yet. We still have the, the top 21 left to go. I'm sorry, the top 25 left to go on that list to be released. So we'll do a more in-depth look on like where everyone sits on that list so far. But the players ranked right around DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. So you have uh, Drew Holiday ranked above them at 26. You then have Brandon Ingram, who you guys know I'm very high on. I love Brandon Ingram coming in at number 29. Pascal Siakam is number 30. Uh, Chris Mid Middleton <laughs> uh, at number 31 with that one. Andrew Wiggins comes in at number 32. Uh, Kyrie Irving at number 33. So uh, Andrew Wiggins ranked above Kyrie Irving. That's, that's a bit weird. Marcus Smart ranked number 34th. Cade Cunningham, a rook, coming into the second year at number 35. And Evan Mobley as well, number 36. Clay Thompson, number 37, Fred Van Fleet, number uh, 38, and then we have Scotty Barnes, number 39, and Zion coming in at number 40, which, like I say, it's if we're talking about health, it's just weird that we haven't seen Zion play basketball in so long, but that's kind of the list. Go and check out the list yourself. I'll also put a link to it down in the description as well. Let me know what you guys think. I just, with, with what's being said, right, I don't want to double down on what me and Big Dave talked about in that episode, but I do think that this Bulls roster is going to be much better than what some some people are giving the credit for. Even Bulls fans are giving them credit for. You hear some things like the Bulls are going to be a playing team. The Bulls are going to be this. The Bulls are going to finish, I think, anywhere between fourth to sixth, uh, just depending on how things come wrong, health, when Lonzo Ball comes back around. And I know some Bulls fans thinks that, and some fans in general of the NBA thinks that that's a little bit asinine. They think that, hey, there's no way looking at the other improvements that teams make. But again, considering that we got less than 100 minutes from our starters be playing together, our projected starters playing together, I think there's a lot more room for improvement if this team can get fully healthy than what some people are realizing with this roster. Been one of the biggest supporters of Andre Drummond and what he can bring to the Chicago Bulls roster as well. Seems going to be worked out, but we got a, a four players in the ESPN Top 100. The most of the Chicago Bulls have had in a while. This is, hey, hey listen, I, I appreciate the players that are ranked there. Let me know down below. This is the question I'm going to ask you guys as well. What player that's not currently in the Top 100 do we think has the chance of being in the ESPN Top 100 list next season? Do you think it could be Iota Sumo that he has that type of rise in the sophomore season? Do you think it could be Patrick Williams, who has a who has a rise and, and hits that leap that a lot of people are thinking and hoping that he does in his third year as well. Do you guys think that those players can creep in? And if there's another one that I did not mention that you think can really make a leap and get into the ESPN Top 100, let me know that down below. Okay, next up, Jay Crowder is available. There have been a lot of teams circling him and that have been reported as being interested in it. Now, I did have a live stream for the members only yesterday in which we kind of talked about this. And shout out to JDH and Blah who were in there chatting live and uh really gave some interesting perspective so the thing that i was thinking is that with jay crowder he makes a little bit under 10 million dollars per year if the bulls were to try to move, make a move for jay crowder what would it take to get him you're looking at including either i would say just because of the the positions that uh jay crowder can play that three the four uh you can see him i don't know if we see him as some undersized five just because now we have an actual backup five that's going to be playing heavy minutes i do think uh with andre drummond but it's Billy Donovan's rotation, so anything is possible. Really, almost anybody is a, is a threat to play some of the five with Billy Donovan being the head coach. But with that being said, Jay Crowder and what he can bring to a team, looking at his the toughness that he brings, looking at the 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 the, the veteran leadership that he brings, the vocal vocality that he brings. Like, yes, Jay Crowder isn't one of those players that you look at and you say, "Hey, this is what gets you over the top." But it is uh, that can help you ascend. Like last season for uh, Jay Crowder, only 9.4 points per game, uh, which was one of the lowest of his career. Uh, but he played in 67 games, 28 minutes played, 40% uh, uh, shooting from the field, 
uh, basically 35% shooting from three and a 78% shooting from free throw with five rebounds, one assist, 1.4 steals per game, and a little bit under a half a block per game. So that's what you can expect from, from a player like Jay Crowder. Now, those were all starts. He started all 67 of the games he played. He wouldn't be the starter on this roster, even though I know some people in the comments are going to say, oh, he should start over Patrick Williams. But with that being said, um, I'm looking at the, at the at Jay Crowder and what he could bring to this team, the potential off the bench, how he can help ele elevate and add more veteran leadership to the bench, the, the versatility in the two different positions that he can play, our position of need, and why he's not like a knockdown three-point shooter. The, the nature of the way that he could get three-point shots in this on this team, especially at that corner three, I think he can hit those at a pretty good rate. His, the highest shooting percentage he ever had from three in his career was 44%, and that was in the 2019-2020 season for the Miami Heat. So looking at that, right, looking at the salary, like I said, he makes a little bit under $10 million. What could the Bulls realistically offer to get there? It would take a combination of really like Derrick Jones Jr., Javante Green, uh, Kobe White. Um, you can maybe if you can throw in Tony Bradley and then they can, you can throw some money in there as well. And then they can be the ones to end up cutting Tony Bradley. But it'll take a combination of some of those players to really get that done. Now, the question that I asked in the members only live stream that I'm going to bring here as well is that with Kobe, right? And Kobe could very well still take a leap. We had look at Kobe. He's had his first true uh, full offseason. He's gotten in work. He's added to his body. He's been working on his, his handling. And what he could be coming off the bench if he does be more consistent and adds a dribble in which he can create some separation, already a player that's giving you 12 points per game off the bench, albeit not consistent, but if he can be more consistent, if he even step up his game a lot, would you be willing to trade Kobe White for Jay Crowder? Now, the thing with this is, is that you wouldn't, considering that it seems like Phoenix is ready to move him right now, you may not have the time to wait to see how Kobe looks at the start of the season to do so. So if that's, if that's the case, right? A combination of looking at Kobe White's contract, $7.4 million. So technically, a combination of Kobe White and Derrick Jones Jr. could get you there. Do you have to throw in some draft capital? I'm not throwing in any first-round picks from giving up a player as young as Kobe at 22 years old to get a veteran player back that's 10 years older than him. But it, do you think that that move would be worth bringing in Jay Crowder? Now, the way that I see it and view it is that while it does imp theoretically improve your bench, it brings a lot of toughness and things that you do need. I personally see it as, I think, I think if we were like one move away from a championship, right? If this team, let's say this team as constructed, made it to close to an ECF, and the one thing that we were missing is we needed some toughness and a dog off the bench. I would say make that move, trade the young player for the veteran because we're that close. But considering where you are right now, considering the fact that Col that you're, you're still, even adding Jay Crowder, you're still far enough away from being a true title contender that I don't think that, I think it's, it's I don't think it's worth the risk without getting to a chance to take a look at Kobe. Also, we don't even know if they'd be interested in Kobe White. When you look at the Phoenix Suns and what they could want, they, they are a team that sees themselves as a championship contender, a team that did make it to the finals uh, over a year ago. And that they may be looking to add more veteran pieces. Or you could say as well that they're a team that has a lot of veteran pieces. The moment that Chris Paul goes down, not to say that Kobe White is not going to replace Chris Paul. We know Kobe White is not a point guard. So I'm not saying that. Don't get to type in that. But with that being said, like looking at Kobe White, adding, injecting some youth into that team, uh, could they possibly do that? Now, one of the things that I, I can't remember if it was Blau or JDH, they mentioned Cam Johnson. If the Bulls, the, A, it's not going to happen. But if the Bulls can in any way get Cam Johnson back in a deal for whatever, I would, not Patrick Williams, but I would, I would take that. I would take that deal. But we're talking about Drake Crowder here. So I want to present this to you guys. 
should the Bulls be interested in? What would you be willing to give up if it came time? If it came that, yeah, the Phoenix Suns were willing to do business, would it be, would you be willing to give up Kobe White and, and, a, and a Derek Jones Jr.? Would it be a Javante and a Kobe White that gets you close enough? Javante's contract's uh, $1.8 million with Kobe 7.4. Jay Carter's contract, I think, is like 9.3 or 9.6. That gets you close enough. You don't have to match it exactly. You know you have that, that little bit of percentage that you can be under and still bring in another salary because the Bulls did not hard cap themselves. Would you be interested in doing something like that to bring in Jay Crowder? It's, it's an interesting thing. Like I said, I'm not ready to give up on a chance to see how Kobe looks after his uh, first full offseason in the NBA to make a move for a player that's 10 years older than him and doesn't make you a true um, a, a, a title contender. But let me know what you guys think about that down below. Maybe I'm a little bit off basis on that. I would love to hear from you guys on that. All right, last topic for today. Lonzo Ball was left off CBS Sports uh, top point guards list. Now, this was a list that got pretty interesting. It included some players on it, like Ben Simmons in this list. but I agree for the most part with the list, right? The top 10, definitely. You got Luca. I'm sorry, you got Steph, you got Luca, you got John ja Morant, Dame Lillard, Trey Young coming in as your as your top five. Io Sun is in the top five. Then you got Chris Paul, James Harden, uh, Drew Holiday, Kyrie Irving, and Jamal Murray rounding out your top 10. But then let's let's skip and look towards the bottom of the or towards the mid of this list, right? You have Ben Simmons coming in at number 14. You have LaMelo Ball coming in at number 15. You have Cade Cunningham after one rookie season coming in at number 16. You got CJ McCollum coming in at 17, Marcus Smart at 18, Tyrese Maxey at 19, and Halliburton at 20, followed by Jalen Brunson and De'Aaron Fox. While those players, a lot of those players average way more points per game and on a higher usage rate than Lonzo Ball, considering Lonzo's two-way versatility, what he brings, he's the motor of that team in many different ways. I'm just looking at this list like, huh, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit interesting to the way that they broke down this list and the fact that Lonzo Ball's left off. And now one could say that he's left off it mainly because of his inability to stay on the court. Okay. But then what does that mean for Ben Simmons? Another player who's barely, who's barely been on the court. Yes. Albeit for mental health issues, which we, we take seriously here, but then, and then you have rookies on here that had one season. I, I, I understand the doubt around Lonzo Ball. I understand like some of the pessimism around if he can stay healthy and the fact that like he's out much longer for injuries that sh that take most people a way shorter time period to return. But when breaking it down, like there's no way that Lonzo Ball is not a top 20 point guard in the NBA, in my opinion. That's ridiculous to have and then 22 to name 22 point guards in the NBA and Lonzo Ball not be on that list. Maybe I'm a homer. Maybe that's what it is. Like I said, and, and maybe it's strictly just because they don't think he's going to be healthy to start the season. He wasn't healthy to end the season. If that's it, if that's what it was, okay, I can give you that. But outside of that, basketball played on the court, right? If we're judging just by what's played on the court, take everything else out of it. Lonzo Ball is absolutely a top 20 point guard in this league, in my opinion. Again, even being named on ESPN's list of the top 100. But let me know what you guys think about all that down below. Maybe I'm off basis. Maybe I'm off my culture. Maybe I'm being a fanboy. I don't know. But you can let me know down below. And if you're on the podcast side, you can send in an email and I'll, I'll let you know where to do that at. But thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Locked On. Locked On? No, this is Chicago Bulls Central. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Last, if you want to leave a text and a voicemail sound off about any of the topics that you heard on this episode or anything else going on in the basketball landscape, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all.
This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.